everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries podcast. My name is Robin. I am here with... Adam. And Marcy. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's it's up? season what's... three. Here we are. Wow. Yes, we're bow, in our new studio. We just painted it. Yeah. It's green. Yeah. Well, Robin painted it. <laughs> well, yes, I guess that's we true. Peeled, we peeled some tape. Yeah, yes, yeah. we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pretty. It is. Yeah. I like it a lot, and we're really excited to be back. We missed you guys so much. We sure did. Yeah. We missed recording, but we're back, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> Not necessarily in black, but I do happen <laughs> to be Adam. wearing um, black today. Oh, wait. Yeah, we're back in black, Case Diaries. Oh, there it is. That's the one. <laughs> there it is. There's the tweet. It took us time, but we got there. <laughs> so as you guys have probably guessed, we're going to go ahead and start talking about Christmas. Hooray. It's the beginning of December. It's that time of year again where it starts to get cold. Uh, that's right. Thank you, Adam. Yes. <laughs> that was beautiful. I don't know why that was the one that came into my head, but it was. Oh, That's a good one. Go. So uh, this month, we're going to talk a little bit about some Christmas TV. We spent a lot of time in October talking about Halloween movies. So we're going to do some TV stuff, and this is going to be a good time. Yeah, TV time. Mm-hmm. Yes, TV time. We've got some specials lined up. Uh-huh. And tonight, we're going to cover one of the most classic Christmas specials in the United States, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hooray. Yeah. A classic. Yeah. Now, of course, because we need everyone to remember, this is one of the first animated Christmas specials ever created, but the first animated Christmas special. Mr. Magoo, right? Right? Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I learned something last year. Yeah, 1962. (laughs) We talked about it last year in our first ever episode. Sure did. So... Before we talk about the special, we're, of course, going to talk a little tiny bit about Charles Schultz and the Peanuts comic strip. Yes. The Peanuts comic strip was first published in the late 1940s and was originally called Little Folks. Yeah, Lil. Lil. Lil Folks. Not Lil. 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 Not to be confused with Lil Bow Wow. Right. Exactly. Well, I don't think it goes by that name anymore. I don't think he does. I don't know. Well, I think it, yeah. I don't know. Didn't it switch around? Uh, n- oh, now he's no. large oh, Bow Wow? Large oh, slightly larger <laughs> Bow Wow. Slightly <laughs> So it was created by Charles Schultz, of course, and starred Charlie Brown. The original strip included a random cast of unnamed characters. And it wasn't until the strip was renamed in 1950 that Schultz created a gang of regular characters. Right. That so, is pretty cool. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. So when he first when he first started writing this strip, it was for I think a local paper, and uh, they didn't they didn't really have space for it. So they basically printed the strip. It was they were it wasn't a strip at the time. It was one panel, kind of like the Family Circus, mm-hmm. and they would print it anywhere. They could find space in the paper. Nice. And uh, he demanded, he said, I want a regular slot and I want more money for my strip. And they said, no. And he said, cool, taking my strip elsewhere. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Free market. So after Schultz's comic strip was picked up by the United Feature Syndicate 
an editor changed the name to Peanuts because Lil Folks was too similar to two other comic strips at the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think there was even a comic strip called Little Folks. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's, yeah, way too yeah. close. Yeah. I, it, I think it was a good productive change <laughs> <laughs> because Peanuts is so unique now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing it's, else. It's definitely a brand. Yeah, it's like yeah. a really good brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Schultz actually hated the name Peanuts. Oh, no. What? Yeah, he hated it. Oh, boy. He wanted to keep the original. He felt that calling it Peanuts made it seem insignificant. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you say, you yeah. know, I'm working for Peanuts. Yeah. You know, that kind of Enough thing. Enough from the Peanut Gallery. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, you know, he told Time Magazine this 15 years later. And although Schultz hated the name, he worked on the comic strip until his death in 2000. Wow. Yeah. So, and we will, we're going to include the first ever 1950 Peanuts comic strip that was, that was ever published. Uh, We have it here on our little page that we're looking at and it's, it's cute for sure. I really actually, I love the original Charlie Brown design. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more rounded and yeah child yeah he looks more like a little kid yeah you can kind of you know when i was a kid i just thought i just thought he was bald but when you look at this you could see that you know he had hair yeah he's probably just blonde or something yeah you can't really do that in in black and white right (laughs) at first the strip only ran in seven newspapers and was not an instant hit but by the end of the 1950s, it appeared in hundreds of papers across America, and the Peanuts were internationally known. It was in the 1960s, however, when Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang peaked in popularity. Charlie Brown is an everyman character, facing easily relatable problems. Schultz modeled him after himself, and because of that, the rest of the world could see themselves in Charlie Brown, too. Aha, uh-huh. so he's kind of a blank slate character. Yeah, and... Mm-hmm. I would say definitely like my dad is a huge fan of Charlie Brown and it's because he relates so hard <laughs> to the character. It's honestly so yeah. relatable for a young kid. Some of the things that he says, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I get it, bro. I understand. Yeah. And, and one of the nice things about this comic, I think probably attributed to its staying power is how mature he Charlie Brown seems in comparison to a lot of the other kids yeah. in the strip. You know, just understanding <laughs> why things are the way they are or something like that and just yeah. having to deal with the kids who just yeah don't get it (laughs) he's a character like you said he's a really he's a blank slate and it's really good to you can insert him in pretty much any situation and you can see yourself in that situation like for example the special where he's throwing thanksgiving people just inviting themselves over for thanksgiving oh he's got his bread you know (laughs) it's i mean it's so it's so relatable the whole thing you're like god yeah i know i know how this feels i get it The 1960s were a tumultuous decade filled with change. Not only did the Peanuts leave their mark on the world, but the, but the comic strip changed with the times. The character Franklin was added after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And the bird Woodstock was named after the famous music festival. Aha. I had always thought that they were related. Yeah. Well, see, the bird came first before mm-hmm. the music festival. But after the music festival happened, they just gave the bird a name. They named it Woodstock. Nice. It's yeah. a good name. At the height of its popularity in 1965, 
CBS gave the Peanuts their very own TV special. Da, 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 da. Oh. Is that yes, what we're going to talk one? about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Charlie Brown Christmas follows the Peanut gang as they prepare for Christmas, of course. Uh, Charlie Brown finds himself depressed. At the suggestion of Lucy, he decides to get involved in the festivities by directing the school play, which is hilarious <laughs> because... You know, we all know that nobody really likes Charlie Brown that much, mm-hmm. except for Linus, I guess. Yeah. They're kind of indifferent about him. Some of them just, uh, who knows. <laughs> but then they pick him to, di- to direct, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> Bothered by the commercialism of the holiday, Charlie Brown is determined to find the true meaning of Christmas. You know, it's funny that you say that too, how people didn't like him when they chose him to. It reminds me, because I think about Lucy and like what a complicated character she really <laughs> oh, is. Oh, yeah. And I, I think the the thing about Lucy that I love so much is that I think that she actually thinks most of the time that she's helping him. I think she actually wants to help Charlie Brown. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play? At least at her, like, little psychiatry booth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why, you know, she, like, chooses him, like, okay, he's going to direct the school play. And I think that she does, deep down, at least like him a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. she wants to help him succeed. But she is, yeah, she is a f- interesting, interesting <laughs> right. character. Complicated. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely that kind of person in your life that pushes you mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, sometimes it's really hard to like that person. Yeah, she's also a little bit mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's brutal sometimes. Yeah. She can be, yeah. So we already know that the Peanuts were very popular in the 1960s, so much so that a TV producer named Lee Mendelson wanted to make a documentary about the success of the comic strip. Nice. Charles Schultz agreed to work on the project, and he asked the animator he asked an animator named Bill Melendez to help out with the brief animated segments of the special. The rest of the documentary would be live action. Uh huh. Yeah. You're probably wondering why I'm talking about this, but I'll explain. <laughs> A talented and well-respected jazz musician named named Vince Guaraldi wrote original music for the documentary as well. At the time, the special was rejected, but it brought together the team that would later make a Charlie Brown Christmas. The special was called A Boy Named Charlie Brown. In April of 1965, the McCann Erickson Agency called Mendelssohn, wondering if they had any ideas for a Peanuts Christmas special. Mendelssohn said yes, even though he had no special in mind. So at the time, he was trying to get this documentary picked up by somebody, and nobody was taking it. And he gets this phone call, and his and he goes, "Ding, ding, ding! I'll say I know what I'll do. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. We have a, a Peanuts Christmas special, and even though we don't have one, and I this this will be my way somehow my way of getting this documentary published and you know gone through you know at least aired Lol. somewhere." Mm-hmm. The thing was, Coca-Cola was interested in buying such a special if it existed, and they needed to get a draft of it in just a few days. Damn. Wow. Lee Mendelson called Charles Schultz and said, I just sold a Charlie Brown Christmas. Schultz responded with, what is that? <laughs> and the man had an outline done in one day. Woo. Wow. It, I mean, uh, talk about quick. Yeah, That man. is so quick. Yeah. I do the if I if I wrote if I write 
a podcast outline and one day I'm like <laughs> patting myself on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine writing something like this in one day? <laughs> yeah, a timeless Christmas special. I know. It's not it's not research. They have to yeah. make it up. Yeah, they have to make up the like... whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Pretty crazy. Schultz wanted the special to focus on the true meaning of Christmas and added elements from Christmases he spent as a child in Minnesota. For example, there are lots of scenes that feature snow and even ice skating. He also came up with the idea for the iconic tree in the special after reading The Fir Tree by Hans Christian Andersen. Schultz thought it would be interesting if there was a tree in the special that embodied the spirit of Charlie Brown. Perfect. Yes, and if you guys, if you are unfamiliar with the special, you might have still, if you haven't seen the special, you've at least seen the tree. Yeah. Because they, they still, they sell like Just Hallmark still mm-hmm. sells Hallmark. I've definitely got some yes. rights to Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, they definitely yeah. do. And uh, they they've sold little replicas of the tree. Mm-hmm. You can buy them. It's like a little twig. Yeah, it's <laughs> bent over. I mean, yeah, everybody it's like a sad little everybody twig. knows what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When Coca Cola agreed to buy the special, they asked for an early December release. The men had only six months to put it together. Um, when you're talking about hand-drawn animation, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a short window. It's overtime right there. Seriously, I imagine the crunch was insane over there. Yeah, this is crazy. Because guys, again, six months to make a half hour of animation. Yes. That's, that's nuts. Especially if they, they haven't gotten an art style or animation style down yet. Yes. Because it's the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, putting together voices, you know, picking a, picking colors. Yep. Because, the, I mean, the comic was black and white yep. for the most part. So, like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So as animation began, it was clear that Charlie Brown and the gang were very limited in their movement. Animating flat characters can be very challenging, but Snoopy was the exception. If you notice during the special... Snoopy has the most action, and it's because he was much more fun to animate. <laughs> I believe that. That's why he has the best dances and all that. So when you consider how the animation was done, it's very impressive that Melendez and his team got it done in so little time. It required a pencil drawing, followed by an inking and painting process onto a cell. Oh, this, that cell was then placed onto a painted backdrop. With the drawings totaling 13,000. 13,000 drawings. Good grief. <laughs> it's the Charlie Brown catchphrase. I, that, that's insanity. I mean, one problem that I always have when drawing, period, not necessarily animating, is keeping things consistent. Mm-hmm. And if you're drawing characters that have all these recognizable things about them, right, you're supposed to be able to recognize them from a distance or just from seeing them oh. and yeah. having to do that 13,000 times oh my gosh. is, is just crazy. And this I is mean, not a big team either. Right. I mean, I can imagine the first, I don't know, a couple thousand drawings were like so slow trying to get, <laughs> trying to yeah. nail it. And then sure, yeah. maybe by, maybe by 
12,999. You're like, I got this down. I can draw Charlie Brown in two seconds for you. You know, well, because that's the thing, too, because you have to imagine, you know, drawing a flat character like like Marcy said can be so hard. But then you have to animate that flat character turning their head. Uh And it's it's kind of, you know, imagine like Peppa Pig, for example. Yeah. Like you'll never see Peppa Pig turn her head. Yeah. She's always just going to (laughs) walk forward. Right. She's got both eyes on one side. Yeah. You know, and she's going to like just walk that way because they're they're never they're never going to turn her head. She's too flat. It's it's so hard. And that was an art style choice. And that's fine. But in order Mm -hmm. to make the peanuts look the way they wanted it to look, you had to do all that extra stuff. Yeah. And man, oh man, that's that's crazy cuz think about it. If you're thinking about animating for TV, that's going to be what 24 frames a second. I think is what TV runs at right Ooh. now. And think about how quick a second is. Yeah. One Mississippi. You I have think, to draw 24 yeah, frames at least. Oh my gosh. For that one Mississippi and this is a half an hour. Mhm. It's amazing they made it in time. It's incredible. Just, actually. I cannot. Yeah, I yeah. can't it's I'm blown away, honestly. <laughs> oh, so Lee Mendelson, the producer, as we've talked about, we mentioned him early in the beginning. He invited Vince Guaraldi back. Remember, he was the jazz musician that uh-huh. they had for the yes. Mm-hmm. They invited him back to score the special. They were able to include the jazzy Linus and Lucy theme that he created especially for that documentary. Mm-hmm. And we all know what how that theme you goes. Know, yeah, you yeah. know which one that if, is. If you know what, think of Charlie Brown. Think of the think of the Charlie Brown theme. That's Linus and Lucy. Yep, there it is. Mm-hmm. Geraldi wrote new songs that were performed by his jazz trio for the for the new for the Christmas special. That was a good idea getting him back. Yes, the most famous of these is "Christmas Time Is Here." Mendelssohn ended up writing the lyrics to this song himself after he had trouble finding a lyricist. The song is now considered a Christmas staple and is often played on the radio during the holiday season. Yes, it's lovely. Yeah. Mendelssohn's son and his sixth grade class performed the song. Oh, wow. Aww. Yeah, and it's a perfect blend of melancholy music and joyful lyrics. It captures the sad spirit that Charlie Brown holds throughout most of the special, mixed with the excitement of being a child at Christmas. The team also brought in a children's choir to perform Hark! The Herald Angels Sing for a pivotal scene in the special. The mixture of traditional Christmas carols and jazz is one of the aspects of the special that made it so interesting. Yes, it's so incredibly unique. I don't know of any other Christmas things that are jazzy. Yeah, and it's just, and it's honestly, it's just because Mendelssohn liked jazz. Yeah. I mean, that's it. He just, he, he was a fan of jazz. And Vince Guaraldi had just released like a jazz record that he liked. And he said, hmm, let's ask him to do it. Boom. Hell yeah. And he came up with Linus and Lucy. And, you Perfect. know, I mean, the the greatest, I mean, honestly, yeah. that theme is synonymous with Charlie Brown now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Th- that's exactly what anyone will think of immediately when they mm-hmm. hear that song. It's so catchy. It's so wonderful. Yeah. It's so really nice. And yeah, I mean, sometimes when I think of smooth jazz, I think of Christmas like in a department store. You know, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You imagine like going in, you yeah. imagine going in and got and, the piano player. Yeah, yeah. And, and something that I love about all of the in-between scenes of, of this special and actually other Charlie Brown specials is whenever they're just walking or going somewhere or, you know, yeah, just talking, you just hear the in the background. It's like, haha, they're keeping that flow going the entire time. It's almost like the entire special is performed, not just shown to people or not just animated. It's it's a whole 
piece, yeah. you know, yeah. musically, you know, so everything. Co- cohesive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's how the special was made. We kind of went through the making of the special, which is always a really good time. Yes. Now let's talk about who is in the special. Yeah, so we're going to start with Peter Robbins. He was the eight-year-old boy chosen to play Charlie Brown. His casting was one of the most difficult because they needed to find a child's voice that sounded blah. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine being Peter Robbins? Yeah, being that kid. He's still alive, too. And hearing that. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, they said it was really hard because, you know, the first thing that they had to do when they were drafting at the special was that they had to come up with what each kid's voice would sound like they had in their heads. They have to say, okay, this is this kid's personality, so they need this voice. And Charlie Brown was one of the hardest because they needed a good actor, but they needed so you know someone who could deliver lines, but he had to be able to deliver lines in a very nonchalant, blah kind of way. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, because that that's the character. They said he's just Charlie Brown. He's very boring. He's very, you know, just mellow and kind of, and, and you know, it's hard to find a kid that talks that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you imagine, too, the castings, the choices that they made here paved the way for casting forever. You know, mm-hmm. the Charlie Brown movies that will come out now, uh-huh. all of it is based on the way they cast this yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. And actually, just as a... a th- just while thinking about it, I think they've done a really, really good job throughout all of these, yeah. uh, throughout all the specials, and even in the new movie. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, he was a child actor who had done parts in The Monsters, Rawhide, and The Joey Bishop Show. He went on to play Charlie Brown for several years afterward in six other specials and has since retired from acting. Yeah. Very nice. Nice. Christopher Shea played Linus, whose voice was meant to sound sophisticated, yet innocent. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. And they nailed it because Linus has like a slight... He's a lisp. He has a bit of a lisp, and that is all you need (laughs) to make that character just (laughs) wonderful. Yes, this was his first acting role at age seven, and he continued to play Linus in four more specials. Shay also had a recurring role on the TV series Shane that you know premiered in 1966. He passed away at the age of 52 in 2010 uh. of natural causes, based on his IMDb page. Uh. Kathy Steinberg played Sally, Charlie's younger sister. She was the youngest member of the cast and did not know how to read. <laughs> so producers fed her one line at a time for her to deliver. Wow, that's Aww. that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> there's a line, yeah, there's a part, especially in the special, where she says, All I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. She says it, and it's very choppy. And they said that, that's, you know, it's very mm-hmm. choppy because at the time, sometimes they would even feed it to her one word at a time. You know, wow, that would be adorable. oh man. See, that's why I want like a documentary or a behind the scenes. Yeah, because that would be there, so interesting. Yeah, there is there is a bit of a documentary that came out in the late '90s that was hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, and it's got Lee Mendelson in it. Uh, okay, and they talk about the making of this special. Nice. I'll yeah, look into that. Yeah, so that yeah. does exist. That's awesome. 
So Tracy Stratford played Lucy and was 10 years old at the time. Producers were impressed by her professionalism. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Lucy was the oldest voice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's not a shock to me. Except for the adults, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> There's no adults in this special, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But actually, you know what? The oldest voice is really Snoopy. She had a role in two episodes of The Twilight Zone, one of them being Living Doll, which is one of the most famous episodes of the series. It features a murderous doll named Talkie Tina. Yes. Did my we, favorite episode of The Twilight Zone. Really? We, we mentioned this yes. in, an, in a previous episode, and it's still just as scary. We mentioned it because June Foray played Talkie Tina. Yep. Oh, famous voice actor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll have to watch it now. Merry it's a good Christmas. one. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> this was her only appearance as Lucy Van Pelt because her voice changed shortly after the animation was finished on the project. Oh darn! Oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, her voice broke, as they say. Oh yeah. Snoopy was played by Bill Melendez, the director of the special. In the in the piece because there's parts where he just has like yeah and they just that's what they did they just they had him make sounds and they just sped it up so when he you know okay yeah could you could you imagine having to do that sound slower so that when they so that when they speed it up it sounds normal pace maybe he was actually saying stuff yeah he might have been maybe because it was sped up so much. Yeah. Yeah. If it kind of yeah, with... it just sounds like it almost kind of just sounds like a tape being rewound. Yeah. When he talks. Oh, yeah. 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 So Karen Mendelson played Patty. Patty was an original member of the Peanuts gang, but was later phased out after the introduction of Peppermint Patty. Yeah, That's I thought it right. was it was cool to just mention her because she's in this special and she's in a few specials. Patty is, but she just disappears. And then Peppermint Patty comes in later. And they're two different characters. Uh, but I just thought, it, you know, I just wanted to mention, because she is one of the original members of the Peanuts, and she just got wow. faced out. X-Nade. Yeah, yeah, with the introduction Shouldn't of Peppermint Patty, yeah. Make it. Maybe she huh. moved away. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah, and, and I think maybe they just, I'm not sure why, yeah, they got rid of her specifically, but I know uh, Peppermint Patty was introduced to be part of like the feminist movement a little bit, mm-hmm. having a character that was a girl that you know she she lives in a one parent household and yeah. she was a tomboy yeah. and she liked to play sports and you know just that yeah. kind of adding that character kind of yeah. You know. yeah she calls him Chuck she's yeah. the only person who doesn't call Charlie Brown yeah that's Charlie right Brown. Yeah. yeah she calls him Chuck and she's got a massive crush on Charlie Brown yeah which is for hilarious. sure. <laughs> massive yeah yeah and then her best friend marcy yeah marcy. Uh-huh. Patty has red hair too i always thought it was really funny uh, yeah. yep. but marcy has black hair does that make me tra- wait does that make me charlie brown because uh... <laughs> if you because no. no. you're, you're like you're more like a pig pen oh <laughs> wow oh i'm just kidding rude <laughs> Uh, wow. He's definitely fine. not Lucy. I'm just kidding. I Adam. think I think I think Robin might be Lucy <gasps> now. <gasps> Whatever. Just kidding. I have your I'm best kidding. interests at heart. 
I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't really have a matching character. <laughs> I would say maybe Linus. You'd maybe. be a really good Linus. Yeah. The rest of the cast was played by children in Mendelssohn's own neighborhood, and he recalled the recording session to be chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Not mean, surprised. You put a bunch of kids in a yeah. room, and I mean, you get what you get. It was kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they gave him any sugar. I don't know. It, I just picture, like, you know, when you try to take a picture of one kid, and then you add more kids, <sighs> and, like, nobody wants to look at the camera. That's yeah. what I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I or mean, like one is, and yeah, they, three of them are, and then like, three of them are, and one of them isn't. Right. Know. In like <laughs> cartoons and TV shows and stuff, they always show the photographer having some kind of weird like toy thing, like, <laughs> you know, look over here yes. for yeah. God's sake, dangling that poor, a bell or whatever. Poor photographer. And it's so real. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. You're like, for the love of God, your parents are going to pay for this. Please. Please. Look, please look at the camera. For, yeah. For literally a second. The, the picture is taken so fast. So we're going to talk about one of, like, I think probably the most interesting parts of the whole thing, which is how the special was received. Yes. Yeah. So early on in the writing process, Lee Mendelssohn tried to convince Charles Schultz to leave out the religious references in the special. Schultz reportedly replied, if we don't do it, who will? In the 1960s, mm. it was incredibly rare for there to be a Christmas special with any reference, any biblical references at all. I actually read a statistic that it was about 9%. Whew. Yeah, it was wow. very, very low. It was a very, very low amount. So they went on to make Linus's speech the climax of the special because they knew that if producers didn't like it, it would be impossible to cut it from the story without without having to destroy the whole Right. It would leave such thing. a huge gap that it would yeah. make no sense. Charles Schultz was religious. He didn't he wanted this he wanted the message to be there. He uh, you know really wanted it. He cared about it being there and so he put it in there and they made it so you could not possibly cut it out. So and this is this ended up being a little bit of a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> so no laugh track, authentic child voices, and a religious message meant that this special broke a lot of the 1960s rules Yeah, for television. Mm-hmm. They, they tried so hard to get him to put a laugh track in it, and he, mm-hmm. he said, I do not believe in, in telling an audience when they should laugh. Thank, yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you. That, I, that would have... It would have ruined, ruined it. It would have ruined it. It would have made all of the music a moot point because, yeah, you know, you'd just yeah. be laughing over it. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't Ugh. even, it just unnecessary. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely right. But he had to fight for it. He had to fight for there not to be a laugh track. And they did. They Producers were mad that they didn't hire adults to, to do child voices, that they had authentic child voices in the special. And that was something that they was not done. And they didn't, you know, it it was really like, a, this was very different and very strange. Which is why it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mendelssohn, Melendez, and the CBS executives viewed the special days before its release and thought it was boring. Ha. They thought the jazz music seemed out of place and the animation was underwhelming. But there was one thing working for it. It was scheduled to premiere in just a few days, and they had to deliver on what they promised. If they had finished the special any sooner, CBS may have made the decision to cut it completely. 
Ha-ha. They oh, only finished it. They finished it nine days before their Jeez, deadline. Jeez, oh, man. Wow. God. I'm so glad <laughs> that the planets aligned for this thing to happen because if we didn't have it, it'd be so sad. No, yeah. I can't imagine. We we probably, Charlie Brown probably wouldn't have the status today oh, yeah. that it has if it weren't for this It special. would just be a comic in the newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I read, this is me talking, I read that one of the animators, Ed Levitt, who had actually worked on Bambi and Fantasia, uh-huh. he was a Disney animator that also worked on the project, he tried to cheer Melendez up. Melendez, remember, he's the director and he was the one in charge of all the animation. Mm. He tried to cheer him up by saying that it was the best special he would ever make and that people would be watching it for a hundred years. Wow. Yeah. Boom. And you know, and you know, I want to say too, um, Melendez... He watched he watched the special and he was embarrassed. He thought the animation was terrible and that he it was his fault. He thought that he had failed oh. because he had promised them that he could do this in six months. And he saw this and he was like, oh, okay, I was wrong. Oh. I I messed this up. Yeah, I he really that's what he thought him you know yeah. after seeing the animation. I mean, I guess that's the mark it's... of an artist, you know. Yeah, they don't <laughs> you, like their you own see stuff. All the flaws in yes. your own stuff. That's why it takes me so long to edit these podcast episodes. <laughs> 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 um, but you know what? The, the the thing about the animation that I love so much is how well they were able to capture the essence of the comic. You yeah. know, the art is straight out of the comic. You know, they mm-hmm. they. My favorite's the snow. Yeah. Like, it's just little circles. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so unique. It's so endearing because it, it seems almost, you know, I and I do not mean this as a knock on the style, but it's almost like a kid was working on it or a kid was drawing it. And it's, and it's all related. You know, all of the characters are children. They're going through Christmas as children. Yeah. And it all just fits together so seamlessly. And the animation does not detract from that at all. If anything, it makes it, like I said, it's an endearing style that just sticks with it. And it's so... Oh, it's God. timeless. It's timeless. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, the style, that, that style will never, you know, it'll always be Yeah. a great style. And I'm so glad that they uh, continued using that art style in future specials. You know, yeah. maybe touching it up because the technology is a little better, something like that. And then... A little bit of credit to the new movie, even yeah. at least trying to mimic. I liked the new movie. Yeah, I did. I, I did really too. Yeah. They 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 kept some of that heart yeah. in that animation. You know, they they made the three D models or whatever, and they could have just made it. 3D. Yeah, and they I liked that they mixed they mixed two D and three D. Yes. The movie. Yeah. So, CBS aired the special on December 9th, nineteen sixty five. To an estimated 15 million viewers. As reviews came in, it received unanimous critical acclaim. The network contacted producers and ordered more specials immediately. (laughs) Wow. In your face. (laughs) Hell yeah. Exactly. Just think, if it hadn't aired... I'm sorry. If they hadn't aired this, or if it did fail... We wouldn't have any of the other Charlie Brown specials that we have today. Imagine a world without the Great Pumpkin. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. The the Great Pumpkin and the Thanksgiving special. Easter Beagle. (sighs) Imagine. 
Yeah. I mean, these things are so watched at, like every year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about. Yeah, exactly. These are so enduring. That, like the like the Disney animator said, people have been watching these for years and years yes. over and over and over again. Yes. And will continue to do that. I'm definitely showing my kids all of the Charlie Brown specials. Yeah. I imagine you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> the special won a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program, and it won the prestigious Peabody Award. Da-da-da-da. Well yes. deserved. Absolutely. A Charlie Brown Christmas is considered to be an American Christmas tradition, being one of the most popular specials to air every year. Today, it is the second longest-running Christmas special on the on U.S. network TV. Follow, I mean... Second only to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm. which is one year or older. Nice. Was Ed Levitt correct? Will people still be watching it in 2065? Mm. All we know is that it's been 54 years and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Absolutely. Wow. Just said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful if you haven't seen it you're missing out one of the things that i read was that when they got together to write the outline charles schultz just had idea after idea and they just he you know lee mendelson said he was like i didn't really do anything i just like i helped him put the put the outline together yeah. and, and and you know he came up with the idea for a plague you know the kids wow. put on a christmas play like what do we do at christmas time you know mm-hmm. he came up with the idea for the tree so maybe we should talk a little bit about what happens in the special and some of our favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about, um, the song Christmas time is here. That's what, what the special opens with, with the ice skating and it's, it immediately sets this wonderful tone. (sighs) Yeah. It's quiet. It's Mm -hmm. got this quiet. And like I said, it was a very melancholy Mm -hmm. tone and you've, you know, we've got the ice skating. Yep. It's peaceful, and then you've got Charlie Brown and Linus on the bridge, and they're just, you know, hanging out, and Charlie mm. Brown's like, ah, I'm depressed, man. <laughs> I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. This kid gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is hard, mm-hmm. everyone. I mean, sure, the special eventually f- discovers what Christmas really means. Yeah. And everyone really, at the end of the day, we all like Christmas enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's very commercialized, but the meaning of Christmas is still there for at least a lot of families and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But when you, when you see a child like Charlie Brown realizing this at however old they are, you know, give or take... 10 years I'd old say, yeah, ish. 10 at the oldest I'd yeah say, yeah you just you're just like oh my gosh there it is finally yeah i get this guy gets it and yeah they exist in this total ch- child world mm-hmm. there's no adults anywhere no one's in charge you yeah. know yep. of these kids yep. they all take care of each other you know you've got sally she is to fully embrace the commercialism of christmas mm-hmm. she's writing these letters you know, uh, I'll just take cash, Santa, preferably 10s and 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and then even his dog, even his dog has betrayed him. Yeah. His dog is, you know, given into the commercialism. Yep. He's entered his doghouse into a decorating contest for a, a huge cash prize. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just it, it's so much satire. And it's it's yeah, so good. Yeah. 
Yeah. And thank goodness for the no laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Goodness yes. me. Yeah. But one of my favorite moments, funny you mentioned uh, Snoopy's house. <laughs> one of my favorite moments is that when Charlie Brown re- sees what he's done, like even my own dog, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he's just got all of these lights and signs and stuff up on the, just a little red dog house. It's, yeah. It's, it's so funny. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And it's, so Charlie Brown is now directing this play. Mm-hmm. And he goes, cool. This is my opportunity finally to to find out the true meaning of Christmas. And all the kids in the play just want to be kids, and they just want to dance, and they want to, you know, Lucy wants to be the Christmas queen, and none of them are listening to Charlie Brown, and you know he's having a hard time. So he's like, oh, I know, we'll get a tree. Let's go get a tree for the for the play. And so him and Linus mm-hmm. go off, and I think that's one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Is they go off and they find all these aluminum shiny yeah. trees, this pink <laughs> and silver, which, and which is hilarious because I don't do they even make those? You yes. know they do. They do do they? Yeah. They do, trees. but I think they were much more popular in 1965 oh, okay. than gotcha. they are now. Gotcha. Because yeah. I I get the idea of having a fake tree, like yeah. if you don't yeah. want to deal with having to water a real one or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But just a triangle made of metal with yeah colors. <laughs> that's Ooh. a little extreme yeah. i believe i've seen the latest trend late well lately mm-hmm. is black trees interesting oh, yeah really? yeah fake black trees i i don't know why exactly i guess some people might thing, have decor that matches it or something. yeah it's a more modern-y Possibly. look i guess yeah. yeah but that's what i've seen Pass. it's yeah linus has that really sweet line they they walk through all those really those big fake trees and they find that tiny that tiny sad little one mm-hmm. and he goes i didn't know they still made the wooden ones <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yep. They, you know, it, it's, and they, they get this tree and Charlie Brown is convinced. He's like, oh, it, all it needs is a little love, mm-hmm. you know. It's such a very sweet, innocent feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. He brings the tree back and everyone just lays into him for yeah, buying a bad tree. Because oh. every, like this, it's just a twig, like we talked about it earlier. But yeah. every time he moves it, some of the <laughs> pine needles fall off. <laughs> And they make a point that you notice because there's like a tingle thing. Yeah, thing. they played on the piano. That yeah. <laughs> some, some pine needles fell off. It's like, oh no! And the tree isn't even in like a pot. Yeah, it's no. just like it's, stuck to some people. It's stuck, I don't to, even know. stuck to some cardboard or yeah. like to or to um some two like wooden planks. Yeah, how, how yeah, do they even in an X formation? And that's yeah, it. oh my gosh. <laughs> And then when they put the one ornament on it, it just like dips down. It so dips far. all the way down. Can't even hold because so, those those balls yeah. are actually extremely light and yeah. fragile. Yeah, and the tree couldn't even hold up the one. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie Brown thinks he's killed it. He puts the bulb on it. Yeah, and I I think that that's the whole thing. The special, you know, the climax of the special obviously is when Charlie Brown exclaims, "Does anyone know what Christmas is really about?" Mm-hmm. And Linus has this, you know, famous yep. speech. Really, he's just reading from the Bible. It's the King James version of the Bible. It's got the real fancy language. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's much more poetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's elegant. Yes, yes. In the New American Bible, it's like I don't even. I, don't I got it. some good news, guys. Yeah. <laughs> There's a baby in Bethlehem. He just born. He just born. More or less, it's like that. Yeah, let's go check it out. Follow the star or whatever. 
it's definitely in much more of a plain language mm-hmm. in in the New American Bible versus the King James, where it's very, mm-hmm. you know, and they yeah. were sore afraid. Like, that line is not. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, I just love how the special really embodies that spirit, like mm-hmm. the spirit of Christmas later on, because it's not really that scene that's really like, this is what Christmas is about, even though that's exactly what Linus, is set, Linus says. But it's <laughs> not necessarily that scene, but it's later on. When the kids follow him and he doesn't realize it, yep. and they all just, you know, instead of apologizing to him, they they make it up to him by fixing up the tree. Yep. And there's just like it's like there's moment there's a moment of uh, narrative magic, where you know they just take all of the decorations off of the doghouse <laughs> and they just put it on the tree and suddenly oh. suddenly it's a beautiful Big, full beautiful tree. tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> And it leads to one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Charlie Brown's double take of this tree is so funny. Because he's just walking by and he's like, he looks at it and just. And, wait, he, realizes, <laughs> he like jumps. What he's like, happened? Yeah. He walks up to but it. How, yeah, did yeah. They, how did they do that? It's, it, it's so funny. It's so good. It's just, yeah. It's, and it's just really, you know, because this is how the kids see it now. Because now we're in the right frame of mind. And they have the right attitude, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's beautiful now, and everybody's really you know happy. And right, that. and it's kind of combining the two universes of Christmas, right? You've got this the from the Bible reading that uh, Linus did, and all of that stuff, kind of combining with some of the commercialism from Snoopy's house, you know, com, you know, right. Neither of them are wrong necessarily, and and together they make a holiday that everybody. Yeah, get behind you know. Yeah, they're all there together, and that's really what the what the holiday is about. Right. You know, they're all there and they're all happy, and mm-hmm. they realize they can all be happy just together. Right. You know, once they've worked together, and once they've really they realize how hard they were on Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially. And that's the thing, Linus's speech really brings that brings it home to them. They realize how hard they were on him and how he didn't really deserve it. And you know, this is right. And they don't have to apologize. They just come back. You know, they put the tree together and, and he's he's just so happy that mm-hmm. they've all come around and that, you know, yeah. and yeah. like, you know, we don't need gifts. We can just be together. And that's this is right. Because, yeah. And Charlie Brown, when they were kind of messing with him or ignoring him, really, uh, when he was trying to direct the play, it's not that he was mad at them for wanting to go in a certain direction or, or ignoring him or anything like that. He just wanted to share his version of Christmas yes. with everybody because their version of, they were sharing it with each other, all dancing together, Schroeder playing on the piano and all that stuff. Having a grand old time. Yeah. But Bum, then he just know. like, well, also this, you know, mm-hmm. also this yeah. version of Christmas too, you know, just wanting to share it with him and not getting that chance rather than being yeah angry at them for ignoring him. He's he's the exhausted parent. Yeah. At Christmas. Yeah. You know you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. When you have that exhausted parent that just wants to show you how magical Christmas was for them when they were a kid. And it's kind of like it's kind of that same energy. And he's like, "Look, no guys, the tree is special, okay? You know, we're supposed to care about this. We're supposed to care about the tree and mm-hmm. and they're like, "We don't we don't care about that. We want to dance. We want to yeah. we want to have a good time." We wanted a big crazy metal tree, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, we're you know, especially or like with Linus, you know, bringing your kids to church as an adult and they're just screaming and running around. And, you know, it's just, you know, that's that energy, you know, where right. he's like, oh, my God, just please. I, I just <laughs> I just want to like celebrate this with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he real like I mean, because that's the thing, you know, he is depressed in the beginning, but he really perks up at the prospect of being able to direct this play. And, mm-hmm. you know, that really does help him a lot. Yeah. 
And also, I want to say my favorite gag, uh, Charlie Brown. I love the football gag. Like, I, yeah. I think the football <laughs> gag is hilarious. Mm-hmm. My favorite gag, though, is the psychiatric help five cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that this child doesn't have a lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. She has a psychiatric help stand. Mm-hmm. And it's five cents. And it, I, it makes me laugh every time. Mm-hmm. Just the concept of it yep. is so funny. Like, yep. What a good joke. <laughs> yep. And whenever Charlie Brown goes to it, he's the only one who ever does. <laughs> you can tell because she he puts his nickel in the in the can and she's like, Wow, that sweet, sweet sound. Cold hard cash. Dingle jingle. It's, it's obviously like one, one coin. One, in there. one coin. Yeah. Oh my god, she's so funny. She's great. Such a good character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 like Charlie Brown will go up to the booth. She's not there. Sit on the little stool. Where on the front, you know, it says the doctor is out. Yeah. She'll walk up to it, flip the little sign yeah. over, go behind the stand, and then just go, you know, yeah, put, her, her, put hands. her put her arms on the table. <laughs> You're like, you know, what do you need? And, and you know, it's a really, really good way. Um, a, It's really funny, but it's also a really good way to just outright say what Charlie Brown is thinking. Yeah. Right? Mm. They can just get away with him saying, this is what's bothering me. Yeah. So they can move past that. And say, For plot, yeah. And then here we're gonna go fix it. We're gonna go deal with it. Yeah. Rather than having to do all of this stuff where it slowly you slowly realize what's bothering Charlie Brown. No, they're just gonna say it and we're gonna move on. Yeah. It's a really smart yeah. plot device. Yes. But it's also hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas is adorable. It's wonderful. And just think, I mean, it was one of those things that they thought maybe you friends maybe you have some idea that you think you believe in it but like other people don't mm-hmm. you know you know still pursue it and give it a try maybe it's the next you never know thing that will inspire generations yep i mean and, and it's kind of safe to say that if there's at least if there's one person that's really passionate about something there's a very good chance that there are other people who are passionate about the very same thing yes and that's what you can kind of realize with this is like they were really passionate about making this happen six months to make it happen. And they did it. And then it ended up being yeah. a huge success. And that something I forgot to mention too, was that they initially ordered an hour. Oh my Lord. And oh. Bill Melendez had to talk them down and tell them that that's just impossible. Maybe I can do a half an hour, but I can't do an hour yeah. of animation. And uh, I also want to say parts of this have been edited out in later years when it's when it's premiered on t- or when it's played on TV. Um in the original there were lots of there were at least one or two scenes that had Coca-Cola in uh. them because uh. as if you remember from the beginning of this episode Coca-Cola is really the one what the unsung it? hero of this entire thing mm-hmm. because they're actually the ones who called them up specifically looking for a peanut special. And said, we will pay for one if you guys have one. And that's why this special came to be. Interesting. And so that's why there were Coca-Cola advertisements in the original special, but they've since cut them out. For example, are you... I just had an epiphany, I think. Go okay. ahead. You go first. For example, in the beginning, there's a scene where Linus gets thrown by Snoopy. And uh, he lands off screen. In in the original, he crashes into a Coca Cola sign, and so they just cut it so that he just you don't see where he lands. He just crashes off screen. Okay. Mm-hmm. The the part that I had just thought of. Do you 
remember when Linus was using his blanket to throw snowballs? Yeah. He was oh, knocking to, red cans off, cans of the, off of the, the fence. You know, actually, I've read that, that those weren't Coca-Cola cans. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe Coke, that was a subconscious Coca-Cola thing. Yeah, they were like, maybe. okay, we have the big yeah. sign. Because, we have the yeah. whatever. Yeah. Here we go. We'll people just have red just, cans. People yeah. will just get it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, one of the big things that they cut out is if you ever notice, if you're watching the special at the end, when the kids all gather and they sing Heart the Herald, you know, uh-huh. and they start to sing and it... Um, it kind of fades out like it doesn't actually the song doesn't actually end Mm -hmm. or at least they're still singing something yeah and because originally the carol did end Mm. and they said merry christmas from your local coca-cola bottler Uh. on the screen and so they just what they do is they just fade out the audio now and just don't show that part interesting huh yeah I, so, part yeah. of me wants to kind of see the old, the, the old one with Coke the Coke, just yeah. to see them yeah. in there, yeah. Because, yeah, because of them, because they were, they had a lot of clout. They have a lot of clout at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know how, oh, yeah. I don't know how, but Coca-Cola has somehow, somehow, <laughs> was... they've, they have, like, have a monopoly on Santa Claus. Yep. For some reason, you just know what I'm talking Santa, about? Yep. and also the polar bears. I was going to say, right? the two pieces of marketing that I would attribute to that is the polar bears, just yeah. winter in general, and yeah. then, yeah, Santa always Santa, drinks Santa, yeah, they just, they are so Christmas. Coca-Cola for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like Macy's. We were yeah. talking yeah. about Macy's, you know. They, it's any way you can, yeah. I guess. Yeah, sure. Good marketing so Remember, trick. guys, leave out some Coca-Cola and cookies for Santa. So for Santa sure. Claus this year. That's right. <laughs> you know, And maybe I, you'll get another Christmas. Maybe you'll not get another peanut special for Christmas. I think <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that if Santa wants to drink a Coke, he'll bring one with him <laughs> in the sleigh. And yeah. then just because yeah. Coke and cookies just does not. You know, that's the thing. But doesn't he drink it in the commercial? He, there, there's been commercials he where there's he, commercials he drinks he, Coke. He like I opens guess. your yeah. fridge and like drinks your bottle. Oh, of I guess so. Because we all yeah. have those, right? We, we all, all have do. glass, glass bottles, bottles of Coke. <laughs> all the time, even though they're much more expensive than the cans. Oh, which, is, which sucks, man. I know. I, I, lo- would use... I would much rather have the glass. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. But yeah, what a great... What a great special. Definitely go check it out if you haven't. I'm sure the majority of you listening already have. Yeah. It's really sweet, and it's really cool to watch it with your family. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's just a really nice, sweet little thing. It is. Meant to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make you feel happy about Christmas, you know. And, and, and if, you know, you're not a big fan of a religious message, you know, just after this, watch Rudolph. I mean, there's no religious right, message in that. There's plenty of yeah, other Christmas yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, this, uh, I think this is another case closed. Yeah. Yay. Season three, guys. Woo! Hooray. Yes. What a what a ro- rip roaring start we have. To yes, this, this is to a this good season. one. Marcy, what was the drink of the week? So the drink of the week is... Good grief. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is uh-huh. a surprise. It's a very surprising drink. And you should check it out. What do you say when you drink it? I say good grief. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has Delicious. a surprise peanut element. Uh-huh. Yes, from the Peanuts gang. You'll have to check out our Patreon to see what the secret is. Yes. Yes. I mean, how do you get peanuts in a drink? Yeah. Let's thank our patrons. Yes. We, we yeah. appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yes. It means a whole lot what you guys are doing. Yeah, it really does. And also, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Black Case Diary 
or on Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast. We also have a Facebook page. If you want to find us there, you totally can. We have a website, blackcasediaries.com. Yep. Check it out. Everything. Yep. There's everything that you can possibly want to find Black Case Diaries related. Yeah. Yes. Is on the it's website. It's not anywhere else, folks. <laughs> BlackCaseDiaries.com. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, goodbye. Thank you. Oh, goodbye. And Merry December. It's not Christmas yes. yet. Merry whatever day it is. Yes.